Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James Scott and Adam here. Guys, we've got a couple of wins to celebrate. Scott? It's good, isn't it? I've had this in a long time. I know, it's a nice little feeling. streak's going on, I don't believe it. That was the first raw winning streak since I believe round 26 and 27 last year. <laughs> Adam, how are you going? I'm good. Uh, good to see you guys. Um, look, it's, I guess seven days is a very, very different, um, very, very different sort of atmosphere. That you know, it was supposedly doom and gloom, and you know, doom and gloom at the moment is looking outside the window. <laughs> yeah, it's crisis. A, what crisis? It's a miracle that you know the week from hell was actually bookended by back-to-back league <laughs> wins. So something, something to take out of that. Anyway, we've got a very big show. Uh, for you today, we've got A-League, W-League news and some soccer is discussion as well because they're finally making a bit of making a few headlines themselves with certain appointments. Yeah. But before we get into that, let's talk about what happened Saturday night in Gosford. Looking forward to this. Yeah. As opposed to most other weeks this season. <laughs> <laughs> so the Raw beat Central Coast 2-0 in Gosford. The goals were from Brett Holman and Matt Mackay. As you said in the run sheet, Scott, crisis? What crisis? Exactly. What crisis? Yeah, it was... Look, There needed oh, to be a reaction, didn't there? Yeah. First and foremost, they got the result they needed, as I think Matt McKay and a lot of the players actually said before or after the full-time whistle. It wasn't a perfect performance, it wasn't pretty, but they got what they needed. Three Again, points. Three points, three points. There's no other way to... And like I said, John Lewisie keeps on referring to is a whole series of finals now. And if, that, if that's the mentality and that is the motivation it needs to, to get up, from you know what, well and good. Like I said, no, there's no reason why to you know to throw away the season now. It's like let's see where it goes. I think it's the only way you can do it. You know, some people saying with finals, what's the point? Well, you don't just get, you don't just forfeit the rest of the season. You know, at least show something because they're players and potentially a coach whose contract's on the line. And that win was actually enough to get the Raw up from ninth to sixth place. If and I can actually talk. Yeah, you, you can sometimes. <laughs> I shouldn't talk about that, but anyway. Um. It was actually very similar to the Adelaide win earlier in the month, where it wasn't a pretty performance, but it was really good defensive press that created opportunities. And that was exactly what happened on Saturday night. Matt Mackay's press in the midfield was really good to create those two chances for himself and for Brett Holman. It was, of course, 2-1. I can't read. Never mind that. It was 2-1. You're right. Yeah. Did I put 2-0 in the thing? Yes, you did. Okay. And I had my Ron Burgundy moment. Didn't notice that. Yeah. It was actually a bit of an inauspicious start, though, much like this show, when Thomas Christensen was withdrawn after six minutes due to what looked to be a hamstring complaint. Yeah, that's uh, not a good sign, that, given he's had tremendous hamstring injuries in the past. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how long he's out for, because if the Aurora are going to make a run to the finals, they're going to need him. And as we've talked about basically all season, Christensen is what makes that midfield tick, that enforcer... Mm-hmm playmaker yeah. with the passing range and whatnot. And he does, but Mackay and Holman really picked up the slack on Saturday night to cover for him. They definitely in this, did. In this individual game, whether they can do that the rest of the season if he's not available, it's another matter. Yeah, well, I think even John Aloisi has spoken about how having Christensen there really does free up Matt Mackay to do what he does better. When he's asked to do too much defensive work, it does take a toll on him. It does, but um, look, I think it's, I guess, the case of, you know, Christensen goes down. I thought, you know, Mitch Oxford as well, he did a job 
um, as well, which which allowed you know Mackay and Holman to sort of to really boss that midfield. And I think that at the end, I think that was the key for. I know the goals were you know to quote were almost gifts, but at the end day, you've also got to look at that was the pressure. Yeah. That caused that, and that's something we haven't seen. From I've always yeah. said the Roar at their best when they're pressing, when they're pressing high, and they're and they're creating opportunities by making the, the opponent turn over the ball in their own half. If you're just sitting back and waiting for them to attack you, you're not going to get those chances. So the Roar have to get some credit for the defensive pressure they put on. Absolutely, and well, the first goal, Brett Holman, it was a turnover from Jacob Melling, and was it Mackay? Mackay, Mackay to, won the ball Mac- back. Mackay to Leck, I believe, and then and Leck then Holman in. Yeah, and it was a really well-taken finish from Holman. And yeah, okay, if you want to go glass half-empty, it was a mistake from the Mariners, but there was still a lot of work to do from there. Matt McCoy had to be there. He, he was the one that, that caused that, so that, that mistake between uh, Ben Candy and Jacob Melling. If, if Matt McCoy is sitting back, that doesn't happen. So I, I think you know, this whole half-glass-empty sort of stuff, it's like, well, you've got to actually still put pressure on. And a, and a really composed finish from Brett Holman as well, who's been really good in the last couple of A-League games since he's been back. It wasn't like a Petacek turnover from this morning. <laughs> you brought it up. Yeah, I did spend all day banging my head against the wall after watching that game. But yeah, it was... Oh. You and Henrik Mkhitaryan, I think. <laughs> as opposed to Obama Yang, who yeah. I think is trying to get his visa cancelled. I think that jet's now on its way to China. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so topic. The Raw doubled their advantage just before the hour mark with the captain getting... A very nice goal. Yeah, it, this was a gift as well, really. I mean, it was, it was a poor pass from uh, Ben Kennedy. Yeah. But again, Mackay had to get there. He was yeah. able to get it on his left foot and slaughter it at home. Which, look, no offense to Matt <laughs> Mackay, but there was a small part of me is, there thinking, is this his first goal yeah. since the goal in the finals against Victory? I think it when is. he got the equaliser. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. But there was a small part of me which was thinking, oh God, where's this shot going to wind up? <laughs> but thankfully, it wound up exactly where the rule wanted it to, in between the posts and over the byline. Yeah, that's and that's you know that's all you can ask for. But um, yeah, look, um, <laughs> when Matt Kai is scoring, it's always good times. It's a rarity. Yeah. And but he but look, he did truly. He had probably his best game yeah. this season. I think. Definitely. And I think I think it might be a side time where the captain has to step up and sort of you know in the face of a crisis, you know, step up and step up. He did. Absolutely. You're looking for your leaders to step up at this point. So who really wants to lead the team out of the trouble? And Mackay and Holman were clear examples of that. And Amongst others, by the way, but they were the two standouts. Definitely. And if you want to give credit where credit is due, Blake Powell's goal for the Mariners, wow, that was a phenomenal shot. Yeah, the goal I forgot to mention in the run sheet. Yes. <laughs> but but it was a good finish, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I, I was a little a touch critical of you know Jack Hingott's defending a little bit on that. I thought he probably allowed Blake Powell too Sorry, much Tegan. space. <laughs> yes, but at the end of the day, it was a cracking finish. You know, even though it's hits a side net from a cute angle, it's a, you're not going to stop those. So it's uh, that's sort of you know nitpicking if anything. Well, we've been glass half full for the first uh, six and a half minutes here, so why not keep going with that and yeah. just say we've got to get some negatives yeah. in. It wouldn't be a Brisbane Roar. Oh, look, I, look I, don't call it, I don't call it negative because I, I think you know, a lot of right backs were formed for that. So yeah, it's it's true. Like, so you're right. Just sort of be pointing out that yeah, look, Jack Hingis defending might have been a little better, but. It was complemented by a very, very good finish. Mm. Now, one thing that really stood out to me was the stats after the games, which three goals, three shots on target in the whole game for both teams. So Yeah, there weren't many chances created in the game. Where that's the one thing if you want to yeah. criticise the Raw's performance. They didn't create much outside of those two chances they got, which is but fine. Converse- if you take your chances, it's fine. But 
Conversely, yeah. they also stopped the Mariners from yeah. creating too many chances as and well. That's been so a problem in the past as well for the majority of the season. So that's a positive. And it would be, I suppose, going forward, it would be good to see maybe a few more yeah. chances created. Just one of those, screw it, why not have a crack? But yeah. again, it's easy to criticise from the, you know our table here, yeah. which is why we do it. <laughs> exactly. It's- fun too. Alright, so at the end there was a very, very ugly incident which was Voot Brahma on Corey Gramero and I I, I heard the crack on the TV which thankfully was just foot on what seemed to be shin pad yeah. but you did kind of fear the worst there. We feared the worst. I think oh. he feared the worst yeah. based on his reactions both at the time and after the game which we saw as well. And you know, like you always hear athletes talking about coming back from the ACL reconstructions, it's taking yeah. those sorts of hits where yeah. in and around the knee area, we're always going to be yeah. just a little bit nervy That's about it. That's why I'm actually saying this in a weird kind of way might be a good thing for him to have had a strong tackle, a disgraceful tackle, by the way, but a strong tackle on his leg to come through that and be fine. Well, we haven't heard anything say he's not fine. So it's, that might actually help build his confidence in his fitness. And boy, Because he's what, had the yeah. worst luck with injuries. Absolutely. He really has. Great to see him come through that okay. But I would have loved to have, you know, been able to uh, have a microphone and Paul Ocon after full time. Oh, he, basically, he basically reclaimed it and didn't see it. We certainly know what Matt Mackay thinks of it. The yeah. We heard that over, yeah. the, over the microphone. I wish I had the audio of that. But just, yeah, we couldn't play that audio. Just, just, on, just on that um, as well, I was like, look, the tackle's a tackle. It's a disgraceful tackle. I, don't, I, th- I think there's very, very few people out there that won't agree with that. In fact, we've seen a few that How have tried How we only got to... two weeks is beyond me. Yeah, well, 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 that we'll, was we'll get, we'll get to that, yeah. but the whole, the whole point that I want to raise is that this is a sign of the times of the post-VAR era mm. where how on earth did Adam Kersey think that was just a yellow mm. card? That is a red card Anywhere below the A League, where you know a referee has to make one decision, that like I said, it looked bad. You know the contact was heavy. It, the ball was well gone. Like I don't know what I think. This whole notion that they're using the VAR as a safety net, and you know, I, 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 I'm ready to say this, but thank God for the VAR this week because had it been pre that and Kosi's given the yellow card, that's the end of it. Yeah. Brian plays next week. I really don't understand because Adam yeah. Kersey is right there, the referee. And you, you, when you watch the replay, you can see the assistant's flag as well. So he's right there as well. There's two people in the corner there within about five metres of it. And between them, they've come up with a yellow card. That is ridiculous. I don't know if they are just leaning on the VAR to make these decisions. Or if he, if so, it didn't exist, he would have given a red card in the first place. Honest, or what? I don't I know, it but, is, but it's I, a it's joke. Disgraceful. That, 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 no, I, I cannot believe that no, that's... Unless that's been sort of, you know, it hasn't been pointed out that, you know, how is that a how is that a yellow card from the initial, you know, from the initial incident? Like, as I said, thank God VAR actually was there and agreed with pretty much anyone that has a half a notion about football that that was a straight red. And, and then the suspension yeah. afterwards. I was expecting three games. I think there were yeah. a few, there was a bit of a race to be the most offended yeah. by it, saying, you know, oh, you should go to jail or kick him out for the rest the of the season, is- but... Is it two games because Corey Gamero is not injured? If he, God forbid, he actually did injure him, would it be more? Would I think that so. be a two-game injury if he broke his leg? Uh, one thing I actually meant to look up was... Because it shouldn't be any yeah. difference because it's the same tackle either way. Yeah, I, think, I think under the, the that vaunted guidelines that the MRP yeah. has, I think it's going to be always going to be two games. Yeah. That's uh, for, like. Well, uh, Musk got like eight games for his challenge on yeah, Zara back well, well, I still feel like that was much worse because he was flying like yeah. a squirrel through the air there. Yeah. Look, I think as well, like a lot of people have com- tried to compare that to the, suspend- the seven-game suspension that Avram Papadopoulos got. 
And look, at the end of the day, that spitting is, is wrong. Uh, we all know that. The, the actual incident that I actually try and compare that to and say what is worse is when Matt Mackay got two games for kicking out at Nikola Miliuznich. If you can, if you can tell me that Matt Mackay kicking out is at the same level as Woot Brahma trying to break, you know, not not sure they trying, but you know, you know, so the that tackle that could have potentially injured Corey Gamera, if that's the same thing, well. But for me, you can't adjudicate on what could have happened. You can only really deal with the facts in front of yeah. you. And from and memory, that's actually his second yellow yeah. card of the uh, second red that's card exactly of the season. That's exactly That's his second straight red card for a dangerous tackle. I mean, shouldn't he be have an extra sanction on top of that because of the first one? Exactly. That's exactly the point I was about to make. I mean, yeah. surely he should be more than two games. But anyway. Anyway, let's move on. He's to... a lucky boy. Put it that way. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what? They won. That's the important yeah. thing. Got a, got out it. And Corey Gamero is okay, and we're very happy about yep. it. Yes. Let's move on to the W League, where for a while there, we could have been a little bit nervous, <laughs> but 4-2 to the Raw. Could have been nervous. Could have been. Uh, <laughs> you, know, were... you know what? I, I watched that game. I, I was covering the game for us, uh, for our Facebook page. And all that. You know, I was actually, Bob wasn't actually that worried, even though when they went 2-1, because I, I believe in this team. Mm. I think, look, it's, it's just a systematic that, you know, the W League this season, you know, from, from top to bottom, if you don't show up, you're going to get beat. But I always had faith that the, that the, uh, the Royal A's were always going to run over the top of them. When we saw the team sheet and Summer O'Brien, and particularly Tamika Butt were out, that was, a, that was a moment we looked at, oh, they could be in a little bit of trouble here. But they, the character in the side in the second half in particular, the big players really turned up for the Raw when they were needed the most. And with Chapman and Tatham coming in as well, yeah. it's not as though they were being replaced by players you had major no. questions about either. No, their players have seen a lot this year already. And it's something but it moved yeah. Carson Pickett into left. Which, it's a centre-back, which is yeah. she's much more effective when she can bomb down the left-hand side. But Yeah, it was mm. you know really good to see them bounce back. But, you know, the second half, they showed mm. what they were made of. And yeah. those blue uniforms look good on any raw team. I think so. That's four wins out of four in the blue uniforms, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I detect a uh, uniform change for next year. I like the blue uniform. I'm okay with that. As long as it's not a home uniform. It's too victory-like. Also, I want to sort of say, say that, you know, as well, just don't forget that the game kicked off at about 36 degrees. Yeah. I, the, the standard that both Adelaide and Brisbane put on, I thought was, was excellent. You know, they, they, both teams should be congratulated yeah. for the standard they put on, you know, in very, very tough conditions. Yeah. You know, 36 degree, you know, heat. Yeah, and and look at the end of the day, I, I think it might have worn out Adelaide more than it worn yeah. out the Raw. But look, I think that you got to give credit. I think Adelaide really played with a combination of freedom of knowing they just have nothing to play for, and also the desire to get off the bottom of the table. And we saw that for about sixty, sixty-five minutes. Then when the Raw got the equaliser, it only looked like one winner from yeah. there. Yeah, and also I suppose you know the time of training in Brisbane really did pay off. Yeah. Was it just to take a quick tennis sideline here? I remember Ash Barty was saying, you know. Oh, when there was a heat wave hitting Melbourne, I train in Queensland. I'm used to playing in heat, so maybe that, that translates. Yeah, Alex, I talked about that as well. The advantage it has for them training up here. And David Pure at the fan forum was talking about it actually. That's right. So it was a great performance from the wingers yeah. as well. They were really good, Razzo and um, Gilnick. Yeah, they yeah. were dominant, and not just they both scored obviously, but the chances they created. I mean, it could have been they could have had a couple of goals each. 
they're in really good form, which is encouraging heading into the finals. I think I think the one thing again, I sound like I'm trying to nitpick at things today, but the one thing that I'm just a little bit concerned about is the number nine conundrum. I, I think you know the difference between Waikiki Chung and Alira Toby. I'm just not so sure that there is a number. That you had that prayer tree. Well, yeah, you had you had like Natasha Dowie at, at the game yeah. was doing commentary, time, or even Kate Gill, who's you now former, you know, great uh-huh. striker. You want you'd want one of those as your number nines. But um, we don't seem to have that at the moment, but we seem to be making do at the moment. So I guess not why change it. But I think Alira Toby's got five goals for the season as well, but I hear your point. Does, I do hear yeah. your point. That's a, it's probably it was a false nine more yeah. than anything. But she seems to be getting yeah. the job done. Oh, so. look, yeah, exactly. I think they did answer the question, do they have to score enough goals, by the way, as well, with four goals at the weekend mm. from different sources. Mm. And that answers that problem. And that closes out their away schedule as well. Unbeaten on the road all regular season. Four wins and two draws from six games. So... If worst case scenario happens and they've got to play on the road for uh, yeah. the potential grand final, they'd at least be going into that game with a bit of confidence. Well, it would probably be a way to Sydney a team they beat in the first round. That would be, I think that's the only team that can finish above yeah. them. So. Yes, that's right. So, quick look at the table 25 points for the Raw, Sydney FC 22. Sydney do have the goal difference, so that's basically yeah. why it's all still to play for. Yeah. We are going to hold our preview, though, for the W League for Segment 4 because it is part of the double header, And quite frankly, that's going to be probably the game with a lot more riding yeah. on it. No offence to the A-League <laughs> side, but there's a trophy up for grabs here. Exactly. And just a quick mention of the National Youth League to close out Segment 1. The grand final is on Saturday between Conference A champion Melbourne City and Conference B champion Western Sydney Wanderers. Saturday on yeah. Fox Sports for those that are interested. I do just want to say... um about the National Youth League because I don't think we'll talk about it again for the rest of the season. Some nah. quotes from 442 from the city coach Joe Palisades. He's talking about how the competition has to go back to its old format where they play home and away against everyone and I agree. Even if you have to make it an opt-in. So it's an, if you want to play in it, you can. If you don't want to, you can opt out. That's fine. But I think you have to go back to that. And to his quotes, he says, I for one would like to see the return of the competition where we can play each team throughout Australia twice and not just three or four different teams. There's a lot more to it. And he goes on to say, I'd rather see my boys play against the best NYL boys and compare them to what they are and let them play football that we like because that's a better development tool than playing in the NPL. So, Which I agree with yeah, as well. A full home absolutely. and away schedule is something that's needed yeah. for the Youth League and the W League. Yes. And yeah, the Raw, As good as the NPL is, it's a much better idea. Yep, definitely. The Raw do have to uh, play a rescheduled game Thursday. It's the game from the weekend that was originally postponed because of potential Champions League conflicts. That's right. And then they never scheduled for the weekend, so they, I think it's tomorrow morning, yep. 9.30 Queensland time. So the main focus for this game, the Raw need to win to avoid finishing bottom of Conference A. Other than that, that's it and for the Sydney League. And Wanderers in the grand final, I don't think we mentioned that either. I just did. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. you were too busy getting your point ready. Okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> and on that high note, we're going to call an end to segment one. We'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam, soon to be joined by a special guest from the Queensland Socceroos fans. But before we do that, we've got a few news stories to talk about. It's been a newsworthy week, I think. That's right. So this came out a little bit while we were recording last week's episode, but Craig Moore has now been placed on gardening leave after the uh, Asian Champions League defeat. Yeah, the word scapegoat springs to mind. Although I'm not really sure he's the jerseys and that is within his job description, but... Anyway, yeah. he's been placed on gardening leave after the 
think yeah, debacle I think, of last week. I think we it's say? sort of suggests to him that you know, he was going to stick around you know, after his ignition. I think you know, the club and he probably should part ways. I think that's probably yeah. how, where it's headed. Well, from what I can gather, this is sort of me putting two and two together from different sources. Based on Pure's description of uh, Craig Moore's role at the fan forum yeah. uh, last month and the way that and the potential Champions League yeah. games coming up between now and then, I actually have a feeling he was asked to stay on for the Champions League campaign to organise all of those logistics. Yeah. And then when that wasn't actually needed... Thanks. That would actually make needed. much more sense. This, that is purely my speculation. I'm just pulling that out on the spot now, actually. <laughs> I will say, the lead in that story was actually buried because when Chris Fong was talking about the Bakaries are taking their eye off the ball in Brisbane. Yes. I can't believe that quote has not been talked about more. I Given think, the events I think, of the last I think last fans week. are so obsessed with trying to get them out. They actually, they would, like I said, they've stopped listening, basically. Anything, any, like Especially after last time, unfortunately, what Chris Fong says um, does not resonate with the fans that much. Yeah. And I think it even adds more suspicion yeah. where, you know, and it just shows even this Craig Moore sort yeah. of, you know, sort of in, not an incident, but sort of how this has played out. That, you know, there's actually more sympathy for Craig yeah. Moore than there is for... Chris Fong. So that, that really yeah. shows there's a really big, you know, PR I agree with you on that. I mean, over about Chris Fong, but that's the root of the problem. The the lack of attention from yep. the ownership group. That's the root of the problem, basically. Yeah. I'm absolutely. surprised that hasn't been reported as much as it I think it's probably more confirmation of what we probably yeah. already knew that, you know, look, it, it, things have not been great for a while, you know, and, and ownership doesn't seem to sort of really care. And that's probably the first admission from a spokesman for the Bakeries to say, look, they have stuffed up. And yeah. I think that might be some more contrition and more about, you know, trying to keep the fan base from going absolutely, you know, revolutionary. Too late. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, may, it may be too late, but they probably feel so for us from a PR standpoint that you know they need to show a bit of contrition about things, otherwise they just get completely lose the fan base. Yeah, and I think going forward now, much like everything else to do with the raw, it's a case of actions will speak louder than words. Yeah. It's all well yeah. and good saying we've heard enough. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's that's not yeah. unrealistic to hold them to that now because a lot's gone down. Um, the word rock bottom kids continues been using. You know, there's only supposedly only ways up, and but. Actions have to speak louder than words because the words, as we saw, um, as we saw through that, um, that basically almost a press release by proxy from David Puray during the uh, Fox Fox Sports coverage on yeah. Saturday, it's people questioning why did David Puray go down that path? It's because the most offence have stopped listening. Yeah. To well, the can we actually expand on that a yeah, little bit? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, so, I might have jumped. No, no, no. That's actually good. Well, it's not in the run sheet. Yeah, that's what I was. That was it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well prepared, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, what happened on Saturday? Look, um, Mark Bosnich came on the air during the sort of the, the pre-game to uh, Wellington-Adelaide Adelaide game and actually sort of made some remarks saying that there were unconfirmed reports that you know, the player, the, the missing, missing payments saga is about to kick off again. And there's a reason, like, this has been brought up to us as well and there's a reason we haven't said anything about it because they are the moment just unconfirmed rumours. But what but what's so striking about that is that the game was played, the, the, the coverage went to Wellington and whatnot. And between games, Mark Bosnich basically came out and said after that that David Pure had basically been on the phone to him and and pretty much you know vehemently denied 
that there's any issues about payments, that there's no, that there has not been, um, there's not been any issues with missed payments, you know, since the last time that, since the last time it happened. And also as well, even said, went as far as saying that it's a condition of sort of the oversight from the FFA, that if there are missed payments, that the club needs to self-report to the FFA. So from what came from unconfirmed reports and Mark Bosnich, you know, peddling them almost, and whether he actually did his research or just was reacting to the fence as he normally does, the gravity of Mark Bosley saying, whether we like it or not, he's a very influential person yeah. in, in Australian football and people will listen. And if David Poirot didn't step up and actually sort of correct the record, Tom Hid, we could have, we could it's, have held too because that is yeah. the red flag that I think a lot of fans draw a line and say, it, the club, you know, can go to hell. That was also really important because a lot of fans might be aware of that, but the fans who only watch the games and mm. don't pay attention to all the stuff in between games might not be aware of where the club is at in that respect. So getting thought, on the front yeah. foot at a time when people are getting ready to watch the game was a good move and as well. why address it on Fox Sports rather than just putting out a statement on the Facebook page or something? You always, like for me, you always try and address the original clients in the forum in which yeah. they were Absolutely. put out. Don't forget, Look, uh, is coming from a place where a couple of years ago he was up here at that Fan forum at the Forex Brewery, and he yep. did, he did make mention yeah. of that as well. You know, and so, he did yeah. qualify those yeah. those comments. Look, I, I like I said, I say you know, congratulations to you know if there's such things, congratulations you know, to David Poirot for actually yeah. getting on the front yeah. foot and standing up for the club because if you let rumours like that go and and look at and by the sounds that it were rumours, it could be potentially more damaging than the truth itself. So yeah. I think it's it's a good sign. Yeah, exactly. And look, since it is all unconfirmed room, it's not actually a story. Yeah. I don't want to spend any more time no, on this yeah. until we actually know the facts. Yep. So hopefully we never have to talk about it. Hopefully. Eric Bortiak gave an interview. Scott, how's yeah. your French? Uh, terrible. Oh, good. Mine too. Adam. Google Translate's <laughs> pretty good though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, look, that's actually, um, we, we posted it last night and we actually got you know, a decent amount of coverage on that. And you know, it's mostly glowing positive. Yeah, well, based on the comments, so I've just got this up now. Like, Fahid Ben Kalfala is has been quite critical to the acquisition of uh, Bortiak, and he's, I suppose, settling in Brisbane. Yeah, well, as a fellow French speaker in a country where you're not, where you don't speak the language as fluently, you absolutely need someone to help you. And Fahid's obviously got experience in the A League as well, settling when he came out to Melbourne a couple of years ago. So he's actually a really good person to lean on in that respect for him. Because mm. don't forget he arrived without his family as well, which yeah. would have been a tough thing for him. So this is the uh, Google Translate of one of his comments. <laughs> I stayed a month alone before my wife and children joined me a few weeks ago. They do not want to leave anymore. I really do not regret my choice. So, and you know, he spoke about, you know, the way he's enjoying the lifestyle in Brisbane, which based on his Instagram feed is quite obvious. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's good. He talked about that as well, how people in France have asked him to share his experiences in Australia, which is why he's he's doing that a lot more now that he's out here. Because I think he said he doesn't didn't use social media much back in France, but because people have asked him what it's like out here in Australia, he's decided to share a lot of his experiences. Yeah. And the other big thing that really stood out was basically, you know, he was asked about the level of the A-League, and, it's some, and in his mind, it's somewhere between League 1 and League 2 in France. So, that I think seems to be the common consensus in terms of the standard where you know, yeah. it is growing and he said Sydney and Melbourne victory would probably be able to sustain a campaign in League One. So oh, clearly they're doing something right. He also said gastro is a lot stronger here as well, which is hilarious <laughs> that's, for me. Uh, that's, a, that's great. That's, that's a great the, quote, that. that is a, yeah, as you said, what was it? The Olympic podium of... The Olympic final, that. And what was the other one? The flocking of the... That's numbers. right, the flocking of the jerseys. <laughs> Look, and he, he, Eric... 
has gone through actually quite a bit. I think more than the usual play. Yeah. And you know, obviously, the, the, even getting here, the, the visa debacle, yeah. you know, how, being front and centre of the whole you know, Jersey Gate situation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually quite fresh that he's come out and, you know, yeah. and, and put in the public record you know, how yeah. happy he is here. I was like, we were talking about this off air before we started recording. I mean, you think about this off, the fact that visa issues getting here, family delay getting here, an unsettled team, an injury for himself, and then the Jersey Gate. The fact that he's still enjoying himself so much is unbelievable. We saw him at the open training session just before Christmas, and he was injured at the time. Mm. And he was smiling and joking around with people. It was great. Yeah. He's clearly enjoying himself, which is really good. So hopefully we can see him in uh, Brisbane Summer 22 for a little while going forward. Yes. All right, so one player... Or 77 or whatever number they come up with. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Uh, Fair play. All right, so... Former Raw player Ronaldo announced his retirement. Just quickly, we'll talk about uh, memories of that. So, Scott, I'll let you go first because I feel like you're going to take the obvious one here. I've got actually got with a couple. The okay. goal is obvious. I was a big Ronaldo fan back in the day, right? I'm not even going to deny it. Yep. So, the, the goal against Sydney was huge. I mean, you can't beat them. They knocked Sydney out of a final. How can you not love that? That's fantastic. But um, before we get into your second one... Yeah. In a couple of years. Yeah. That, was, that was magical. It still was. Adam, what was your Ronaldo memory? Oh, look, I, look the, the, the goal is the yeah. obvious one. Um, look, for me, for me, like he was, you know, I guess a player that, you know, was sort of unheralded and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, he, he did sort of put in, you know, it was, it was part of, of sort of the structure. And I always felt that he was, he was better served playing as a number 10 than number 9. But you know his, his record speaks for itself. You know, eighty-six games. You know, nineteen goals. Hang on, what's no, wrong? It's, Sorry, it's, actually, it's ninety-two appearances, which is sixteenth overall, and twenty-four goals, so which, 24, is t- yeah, which is tied for Matt Mackay's sixth all-time. Yeah. So he's up there in both appearances yeah. and goals. So and. You know, while he didn't taste a whole lot of success at Brisbane, he was a part of that squad that's, going. That's the point I was going to make. I mean, he and Josh McLaughlin are the two I wish had around to hang around for that 2010-11 season because they had been there for so long and yeah, just had. To, I think he was part of that. Season. And he scored five goals or something well, in that he, season as well. So he, he was, was contributing part, yeah. before he left. He was actually a part of that first uh, championship yeah. season for the first. Was it? Uh, three months or whatever. Yeah, I think he left in January. And I remember him being the player that actually managed to get sent off in that Adelaide demolition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> where he got the yellow card, I think, for celebrating, like taking his shirt off while celebrating yeah. and then got sent off. And then yeah. the next thing you know, it was like Matt Smith, um, Barbarousas. Yeah, it went from 1-1, one, 1-0 one, one to 4-0 in about five minutes. Yeah. That's when people really started paying attention to Brisbane. Yeah, because I, I just remember his involvement in that game. Yeah. Probably not one that he'd want to remember, yeah. but that was that first time where he sort of stood up and went, wow, these guys could actually be really, really good. And actually speaking of that season, his last game for the Raw, I believe, was away to Sydney FC in the Raw's first ever win in Sydney. Well, there we go. So. And he did also come back as part of Beijing Guan in the Asian Champions League. Yes. Yeah, no. Well, well, well travelled even after his days, yeah. you know. But Brazil, you know, Qatar, well, Indonesia. I think he finished up in yeah. last year. Uh, so one last little story. I remember seeing him. This was very early in his raw career. Uh, I think it was during his first stint. I remember seeing him at Indrapillion. What surprised me was just how big he was. <laughs> I know everyone looks big to me, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so one last story we've got to get to very quickly. W League Team of the Decade. Yes. Three current Raw players, Butt, Gorry, and Polkinghorn, and three former players, Devanna, Keller, Knight, and Alloway, named in the side. I have to say, I really enjoyed voting in this last week and picking the 11, former, 11 current and former Raw players up for nomination. It was fantastic. Yep. Well, it shows, you know, the Raw W League yeah. side have been quite a strong force yeah. over the uh, competition. I've seen people call it basically the Matildas team, which is kind of accurate. Yeah. But yeah. 
I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you gonna, did. I was, was going to say, and that it does, and that's sort of where I guess reflective as well. Ten years, you know, it's where it's taken. You know, these lasers a core group. You know, and then basically they're the one standard bearers. You know, for you know the Matildas now, and like I said, it's um, I, I think it's an amazing achievement. I think like hopefully it's success coming down the road. From speaking of major achievements, congratulations, Sam Kerr, Young Australian of the Year. That's right. Well done. Fantastic. Yep. All right, so we're going to take a very quick break and we're going to come back with a special guest on the outside to talk about the Socceroos news. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're very pleased to be joined on the Brisbane Football Review by Alex from the Queensland Socceroos fans. Alex, welcome. Hi, James. Thanks for having us. Good to see you, Alex. Thanks, Adam. Hey. Yep. Thank you. So, you're part of the Queensland Socceroos fans page. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, um, look, um, Liam Parslow is also a co-founder. He actually started the page um, off the back of um, his work um, on various other fan pages. Um, and the Socceroos Active Support page, the national page, actually uh, reached out to him and asked him to um, start the page uh, for Queensland. And... Um, Liam um, is very passionate, uh, as uh, myself, and I'm sure you, you, you three as Just well. Just a little bit, yeah. About um, <laughs> the Socceroos, and um, we wanted to um, give Queensland supporters a voice, I think, because um, at the moment it, it's pretty clear at, at, at government, state government level we're not being heard. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's, it's trying to, I guess the page's idea is um, we're also on Twitter as well. Um, How but, can people get in contact with you guys? Uh, yeah, so it's, I think it's... At Queensland Socceroos fans um, is the Twitter handle. Um, if not um, the Facebook page, just look up Queensland Socceroos Active Fan Support, I think is the official title. Um, but yeah, it's a place to try and share Socceroos news, try and get our voices heard as a Queensland arm of the Socceroos supporters. And one day, hopefully, maybe in the f- in the near future, I'd actually get a Socceroos game um, that's not in a major tournament. Don't aim too highly, all right? Yeah, yeah, Scott, you've actually yeah. got some numbers yeah, on that. June yeah. 2012, the last time there was a qualifier in Brisbane. Socceroos so, Japan. Yeah. And, and even then, you know, three years and a week yeah. since our last you know, Socceroos game here. So it's been a long yeah. drought. Matilda's was around the s- 2014 as well. They played a couple of games at QSAC against Brazil. So well, just even for, they've been away a long time as well. Yeah. Well, just for a personal story, mm-hmm. consider the last time the Socceroos played in Brisbane in an FFA decision game. I hadn't, I hadn't started dating my wife. We started dating, moved in together, got engaged, gotten married, and now we're here. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to break Whoa. some news then for a second. Uh, yeah. no, 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 I still am one of those. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I thought you said you didn't want to go on the show. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, so it's been a while since we've seen the Socceroos in Brisbane. It's yeah. the whole point of that. And it's been something like eighteen qualifiers all up since the Japan game that have been yeah. away. It's, so just, it's a lot. It, it's ridiculous, really. It's it, it's getting beyond a bit of a joke, I think. Yeah, well, it's uh, I, and I guess, you know, they're trying to share the game the games around a little bit. And I don't think anyone begrudges yeah. Perth and Adelaide and Canberra getting oh. games because they haven't had games for a long time either, but mm. if there's a glaring city missing from the rotation at the moment. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I think Brisbane at the moment is trying to um, sell itself as a new world city. I mean, um, 
if you're going to be a new world city, I think you kind of need the world game to be actually played in it at a national level. Yeah. Alex, you feel yeah. like um, the, I guess where I guess the government is because it seems to me that it's more commercial these days about having a Socceroos, you know, tie in your city. Mm. Do, do you feel that you know the, the Queensland government, tourism Queensland, they're just not really at the race at the moment? <sighs> yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is, um, Adam. I think um, you know. Maybe they're a bit out of touch or something. Yeah, has it got something to do with the advertising? You know, is it something to do with, uh, you know, them not being able to plug its live in Queensland or something because of yeah. FIFA regulations? Yeah. I don't know. I can only speculate yeah. sitting here, but it, it seems that they are out of touch. You know. So, do you, looking ahead, do you think that they will change the approach for the next cycle and we will get a game? If you had to guess, do you think we'll get a game in the next quarter? I'd, I'd like to hope so, and and yeah. hopefully our page and and with with your guys' support and and uh, the Queensland public out there's support, hopefully we can at least get our voices heard and change that, and and in fact get a game. I'd I'd like to hope. Uh, you know, I'm a glass half full person, so I'd like to hope that we will actually see a qualifier in this cycle. Yeah. But um, we still are with the Palaszczuk government. So the last time they were in, we didn't get one, did we? So. You know. To be fair, they've also, I think, dropped the ball with the Cricket World Cup coming in 2019 as well. So it's not just yeah, football exactly. where they've struggled mm. at the moment to attract major good, events. So it's, it's important to point that out. We probably mm. could do a whole show just on Scott ranting about soccer oh, no, hosting <laughs> rights. No, we couldn't because it would not be... Barely put to air. Bleeps <laughs> <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that air horn out. The Socceroos have been in the news, obviously, for the uh, appointment of Bert Van Marwijk as mm. the new coach. Mm. What was your take on that? Look, um, I've been struggling with it uh, a little bit, James, to be honest. Um, you know, Van Marwijk comes with uh, quite a, a good... CV at international level, club level, let's not talk about that. Um, although at club level, he has coached a couple of um, previous soccerers in Brett Emerton and uh, Brett Holman, um, surprisingly enough. So, um, look, he did a pretty good job with that Dutch team, although you'd kind of be a bit disappointed that they didn't go all the way. My biggest concern is... The, um, the football that we will play under him. It's going to be very pragmatic, it's going to be very defensive, and it's going to be very fly-kicky, if you remember the 2000s. Yeah. Well, that that, that yeah. is unfortunately one yeah. thing that's really been attached to him mm. is the fact that they came out and tried to kick seven shades of stuffing out of the Spanish yeah. in the mm. World Cup final. Just Eight. ask so, Alonso. To yeah. be fair, I think that's the only chance they had against Spain in that game, given the golf in quality at the time. But that or a wedgie. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose if you look at the way he set up Saudi Arabia, they were very well organised. They were very strong at home and they did actually manage to outscore the Socceroos in that last phase of qualifying. So there exactly. is a chance that he may try and bring that may try and bring a little bit of an attacking approach. And mm. I feel like with the amount of scouting he would have done on the Postacoglu Socceroos, he wouldn't necessarily have wanted to try and I suppose undo all of his work. Yeah, well, let's let's hope so. And 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 I think um, you know it'd be a bit um, insulting to to Bert to say that he um, would toss everything Ange did out the window. Um, I think he's probably going to you know solidify that defence, which we all know is our big uh, Achilles heel at the moment. Three or four at the back? Um, <laughs> I'm going to stick my neck out in the line and say that he'll play 4-2-3-1. Yep. Um, 
rightful He'll back. He'll call it 4-3-3, three, three, by the way. But yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, depending <laughs> on yeah, how, which, it, yeah. which way you look at it. Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess there'll be question marks over who comes in. Rightful back's probably still a bit of an issue. Um, I heard Scott Chipperfield come out of the woodwork. I don't know where he's Oh, God, been. I hope he's not playing. Um, no, <laughs> but he suggested another dinosaur play in Luke Wilshire. So, uh, Luke Wilshire. So, Luke Wilshire. Yeah. The Sydney um, guy. Yeah, the <laughs> Sydney guy that whiffed Yes. Yeah. Lots of tattoos. Anyway. Um, so Affectionately, I call him Rat Boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Affectionately. That's a great nickname. <laughs> Affectionately. <laughs> a lot of people call him that. I wish I could remember who started that, to be honest. <laughs> but, well, I feel, as you said, right back is going to be an issue mm. that he is going to have to address. I'll also be curious to see what sort of striker he deploys because there's one player we've spoken about, former role player Jamie McLaren, mm. He got a little bit frozen out with his lack of game time at Darmstadt. Now he's mm. playing in Scotland. Do you feel like he might be an option? I really hope so. I'm a massive Jamie McLaren fan, so I'm hoping so. Um, but most importantly, Maka has got to get on the pitch for Hibs. Um, and at the moment, I'm pretty sure he's starting off the bench. But it's only, what, two, three games into his career at Hibs. So let's see how it unfolds. Really hoping that he does kick off because he's really got the pace to terrify the French Peruvians and the uh, Danish as well, yeah. I believe. As um, does Cahill's for it. Yeah. I do think it's interesting <laughs> to see what Van Marwijk does here because I think it'll be hitting like in terms of he'll inherit a squad and then hitting took, remember, took six months and went away and found a couple of players to suit tactical situations for him. He brought Stoyolski in who had been in previously, brought him back and picked Kennedy out of the blue. So I think we might see one or two players who we haven't seen for about 18 months in the reckoning because it suits his tactical. I'm not sure who it'll be, but There'll be one or two players who will be a surprise. As well, I was going to say as well, is there a fear that, you know, I know under Ange Postacoglu, A-League players were treated as if that they had the chances mm-hmm. as much as the overseas-based players? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder with Ben Marwick whether that balance, you know, goes the other way again. You know, mm-hmm. obviously not being exposed too much to the A-League, but will he go for a more overseas-based sort of, you know, squad rather than, you know, I guess almost that balanced approach where... No matter where you're playing, you're good enough to be a Socceroos, you'll be picked. Yeah, it's, that's a very good question, Adam. And it's something that I've kind of wrestled with a fair bit myself because obviously with the, the Saudi Arabian team, um, he's pretty much got no choice. He's got to pick mm. the players in the domestic league because that's basically where they play um, without getting into the politics of all that. Um, you know, with the Dutch team, I think he picked a few players from the Eredivisie. Um, but uh, I think it was, again, largely a contingent that was foreign-based. But, again, the best of the best of the Dutch are overseas, aren't yeah, they? So, um, you take it, the best player available. In that yeah, so I think that's probably what he's going to do, but I guess we really have to wait until next month when he when he picks up yeah. first squad. I, do, I really do hope that he, you know, he, he balances it correctly and that, you know, we still see A-League players given them uh, a, a chance. Let's hope we don't have like a pin decision where he, a situation where he actually outwardly, you know, disparaged the A-League basically, mm. you know, in preference of foreign sort of and you do sort of feel like the A-League has progressed in that time, Scott? You do, and um, one player who's left the A-League recently, Tim Cahill. Do you think, what do you think about his move to Millwall? Is it going to be work out for him? Oh, gee, you know, it's like, um, you know, to use, a, I guess, a, a, a poor example, but, um, you know, it's a bit like getting back with your ex, isn't it, really? Um, <laughs> like, is it really going to work out? Like, you're just not sure. There's a lot of fairy tale and romance in it, don't get me wrong, and it, it's not lost on a lot of us. Um, 
and and himself included, uh, Timmy. Uh, but gee, I mean, he, he's probably in the right place in a championship. But where are he's going to get consistent game time? I'm not too sure what the striking situation's like at Millwall. Um, it's look, it's it, it's better than um, staying at Melbourne City and warming the pine. Um, and getting heckled by visiting fans. Exactly, yeah, and and then blowing up in the media about it. Um, but uh, look, I, I I hope the best. I really hope the best that he gets get he gets his forehead on on a few things. He'll have um, James Meredith there at left back to supply yeah. him some good crosses. So I think I'm young Kristen Brymore of the ex Newcastle Jets there as well. So there's quite an Aussie contingent there. Yeah, so that that'll well. I mean, not that he needs help settling. I mean, no. he's 38 years of age. And, you know, <laughs> I think he knows London. English, so, yeah, you'd be a bit of a worry if you needed help settling. Uh, but, yeah, look, uh, it's probably the best move that he can get. It's it's good of Millwall to take a punt on a 38-year-old, really. Um, but for a short-term option, you can't really blame them. Yeah, that's, yeah, I guess that's the other side of the coin, isn't it, James? And they wouldn't so. be signing a striker if they didn't have a need for it as well. Mm, that's a, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. All right, so... Last topic I want to talk about is the World Cup. I know we're still, what, five months away from everything getting started, but right now, what's your feeling about the Socceroos group? Oh. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, that's, that's James. Um, I that's enjoy that, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it's um, it's going to be a very interesting period. I, I feel like Ange did give us uh, a lot to work with, but again, there were a lot of things that... Um, we still have issues with defence being the, the the main thing, um, and then at the other end of the the, uh, the the pitch, you know, just the striking options. We've got a we've got a complete lack of striking options. Bar Tim Cahill, um, you know, we've talked about McLaren. Um, there's Urich. Yeah. There's Urich. You could even um, play Lecky as a striker. Yeah, it's just a. Ca- I feel I see mm. where you're going with that. Like mm. there's just a case of who's going to step up and really take the take control of the situation and, and score goals really that's yeah. that's the issue and and we had the same issue you know um, going to the under 23s tournament there in China um, a few weeks back you know George Blackwood was suffering the same um, missing shooting boots as the rest of our striking contingent has of late um, and, and the fact of the matter is Tim Cahill this is Probably his last tournament. I don't know if he's going <laughs> yeah. to make the Asian Cup. Who knows? Maybe if he goes on the TB12 method, he could. Oh, <laughs> I had to get one oh, Super Bowl reference in here. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, might be his last tournament. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, the bottom line is we've, we've, we've got to find someone. We've got to do yeah. something. And, um, you know, who's going to do it? McLaren? Yurich? Someone? Um, just one, one last mm. question. Um, what, what do you feel will be a pass mark for the Socceroos out of World Cup? Um, we've got to at least get four points, I think. Um, I would, considering we've got Bert Vermaavik in now, I think it's got to be around the 16. I think that's yeah. exactly what he's been employed to do. Um, and, you know, anything less than that's a failure. And after the World Cup, you're thinking Graham Arnold? Yep. yep. 100% uh, crystal ball. Yeah. Van Marwijk, you know, th- thanks very much for what you did. Pat on the back. Arnie, jump in. Yeah. Why not? Like, yeah. Sounds like you're lining that way. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I mean, even the way Arnie played the, the media recently, like it was a pure Yeah, that statement game. was pretty obvious what's happening. Yeah. yeah. 
100 percent all right alex thank you very much for joining us tonight just quickly again a couple of plugs for the queensland socceroos fans page yeah so queensland um active support on facebook and uh queensland socceroos fans uh is the twitter handle thanks alex for joining us we'll be back with the brisbane football review right after this you're listening to the brisbane football review we'll be back after this Back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's the final segment of the show. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. We're going to preview Sunday afternoon's doubleheader at Suncorp Stadium. But before that, Scott. Yes. How can people get in touch with us? Well, you can contact us on social media at Facebook, the Raw Review, Twitter at Raw Review, Podcast, Wishka and iTunes. You can email us at brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. And there's fan cams in the Northern Plaza after, after every game. Although I'm not sure about Sunday because somebody might be a little bit nervous ahead of something that's happening on Monday. I'll be doing it. I, th- I think we'll, we'll probably wind up doing it. Stay tuned yeah. to our channels yeah. for the exact information, but I may be in a mental state where I'm just saying, can we just get this over and done with? <laughs> but, yes. Uh, fan camp, segment four. Yes. Double, double header. Let's start with the W League because trophy's on the line for the women's side there. And they're playing Canberra, who they beat 1-0 earlier this season. So, yes. yeah, that's a good start, I suppose. Yes, and they, the last time they won the Premiership, they actually beat Canberra 5-1 at home. I think it was at Cusack. Yes. Back in 2012, I think it was. So going into this game mathematically, Adam? Look, a draw is enough, but they shouldn't think like that. Like I said, Cam, it's going to be interesting to see how Canberra approaches because they, they were barreled by Melbourne City you know, last week. And um, like I said, the, the, whether then they, which has ended their finals hopes. So where they come in and you know treat it as I think Canberra's game. mathematically alive by the way. Oh they are then yeah. at least they might at least play for something. It's, so that, that was the worry yeah. whether they would just sort of lay down which means complacency. Mm-hmm. But if they're still if it's still alive even mathematically, which we say is well, next to no chance, yeah. you know, at least then they may come in for something. Or even try and ruin, you know, the the raw sir hopes. It's they're live now but I think by the time they get to Sunday afternoon they'll know one way or the other based on the Newcastle Melbourne City game. Yes. The other thing is for the Raw, they'll know by about half-time roughly mm. what they need because Sydney kick off before they do. Half an hour beforehand, yeah. I believe, yeah. if I've got my daylight saving correct. This would be amazing if they were all scheduled at the same time like the Premier League. If well, you just imagine all the... There's so many permutations about where teams can finish. It, it would be amazing if it was all at the same time. It does kind of make you wonder... And then WL could do it as well yeah. because they only broadcast one game a week. Yeah. Yeah. They really, should, they really could have thought that through better, I think. But. This game isn't being broadcast, is it? Yes, the raw yeah, game is being broadcast. Oh, a different channel. Oh, it's okay. not on the same channel as the A League game because they got an A League game before it. I was trying to work that yeah. out because there is, of course, uh, what is it? Central Coast, I think, are playing Wanderers. Yeah, at four p.m. Brisbane yeah. time. Yeah, it's on a separate channel to that. So, yeah, it's so it is on TV for people out of Brisbane who want to watch it. But if you're in Brisbane. Go to the game. Yeah, get down to the game. They play some really good football. And as you said, there's a trophy on the line here. I and think I saw a post this morning from uh, the Raw Corp saying that the the record is 4851. And, you know, given that there's a trophy on the line, would it really sort of hurt, you know, for people to come yeah. down two hours earlier and cheer them on, maybe break yeah. that record? You know, break that record because I think I think the, the girls deserve it. They, they've, they've had a great season. Um, win, win, lose, or draw. And, you know, where they. they they're, they're the premiers at the end of this game. I still think they deserve because beyond that, there's still a championship. To win. And since it, since there are plenty of fans out there that only want to follow a winning side, you may as well get to the W League because Absolutely. they are a winning side. Yeah. Mm. There's been plenty of apathy towards the A League side, so if you do feel that way, jump on the bandwagon. Absolutely. Yep. 
All right, so... Good luck to the girls, by the way. Hopefully, oh, yeah, they, hopefully they do get across the line. It'd be great to see them win some silverware I'll for be, the first I'll be time in about four I'll be years. from in Singapore, so... <laughs> yeah. And what you can watch on the, the live streams, yeah. What we're hoping is that it'll turn out to be a yeah fairly celebratory afternoon, yes. which will then lead into the A-League game, where the Roar are playing Melbourne City, and I honestly don't know what to make of this game. This is one of these games, again, we've talked about so many times, coming off the back of a win to get on a run. They really need to, but the history suggests it could be another one of those tough games. Because that's just what we've seen all year long. Hopefully they do go on with a win here. They did beat City last time at home, of course, which is encouraging. Well, the question for me, to start off with, this is also the start of that chase thing that the yeah, A-League brought yeah. in, where you play every team once in the final nine rounds, which, you know what? Like There were complaints about the backloading of schedules and stuff last year, so now we're trying something different. Why not? So, last shot at Melbourne City this year. 1-1, yep. lost one. In the regular season anyway, the last shot at them. Yes. Do you... Yeah, how are you feeling about this, Scott? I, again, I have absolutely no idea what to expect because they've played. They showed some signs last week and the week before in the A-League that they're turning the corner. And you think about the Champions League game and other games they've played after a win. Like you think back to when they beat Adelaide, they played Wanderers at home and that wasn't the greatest of performances. So consistency is the key here. If they find some consistency, it could be a really good end to the season. But we have to see it because we haven't seen consistency for 18 rounds now. Tactically, Adam, do you go out with the similar sort of approach you saw against the Mariners where you're trying to just pounce on mistakes and play a little bit tighter at the back, or do you maybe let loose a little bit playing in front of what will hopefully be a home crowd in a good mood? I think whatever they've done against Perth, whatever they've done against Mariners, I think they need to do a city and see what happens. This this, this game, I, I agree with Scotty, I think this is, you can expect anything from this. Um, Raw, yes, they're going to probably need to be better than what they were against Mariners, but we don't know also what to expect from from Melbourne City. So it, this there look this is almost you know whoever shows up and takes the opportunities is going to win this game, which you know more so than ever in this. We also don't know what to expect in the selections because we know Ben Kalfala is back available after his suspension. We know that Ivan Franic will probably be back in the mix after missing the game for personal reasons last week. Daniel Leck will probably make way for one of them. Who comes in? I assume Ben Kalfala comes in, but does Franich come back straight back in? Yeah, it's it's very interesting to see which which players actually play this game because for the first time this season, General Lucy basically has everyone available. So we might see what is in his mind is his best first choice eleven here. It would be a bit harsh to drop Daniel Leck though. With I think it's going it's going to happen though. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I suppose you want to keep yeah. him on the thing. I think he'd be on the bench, but the one point I just actually was doing a bit of research on there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with City as well because they're going to miss their leading goal scorer. Yeah, Ross McCormack's back in the UK, but he's been coming off the bench the last couple of weeks. So, But also, actually, what will they do in regards to the Youth League? Will they go all out to win the Youth League like they have the last couple of years, or will they continue to pick Arzani and Tongik and these sorts of guys they, in they the A-League? They would be crazy to well, they would be, Arzani. They would be they, crazy, but it, you the, know what they're yeah, like with the oh, League and how much they want to win it. So absolutely. I'll, I just think, that, I think yeah, they would be absolutely crazy if they yeah. were to drop Arzani for a youth league. Where yeah. look, but they're uh, probably going to win anyway, even hmm, without him, to yeah. be honest. But it'd be interesting to see who they do pick. Maybe Tongik will drop back for the youth league. Arzani, yeah. as Adam says, would be a huge surprise. Yeah. Mm. So... You have two teams going at it. Maybe this might be actually the first time the Rook are coming in with a slightly stronger squad. It's the first time this season they've had the whole squad available as well, basically. That, well, that well just right. about the whole squad anyway. Mm. I think Devere's still out. No, Devere, no Christensen. But, and Christensen potentially. No, Gladdy, obviously, long term. But, but it's look, getting there. 
Yeah. It's a start. All right, so just never mind me. I'm just going yep. through the uh, predictions uh, page at the moment. Can you burn that talking about page? <laughs> so there was, of course, a Foo Fighters concert as well yeah. over the long weekend. What are we expecting from the surface? Well, it's been 11, it will be 11 days since the game, since the concerts of the game. So potholes and patchy grass everywhere. Yeah, but typical what? standard post Suncorp concert. So post pitch Suncorp concert, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the uh, fields at the training base are going to be run over by a herd <laughs> of cows to try and mimic the yeah. Suncorp surface. It is meant to be exactly like it, I so would, possibly. I would imagine that it's not going to look pretty. But and the, and the interesting thing as well is that you know two games straight up, so yeah. the actual the the ladies actually will get the first look at it, mm. and, then, and then obviously then there's a A League game just yeah. after it, so. Well, this is where you hope it's not a wet day because if it's a wet day and it's a sloppy pitch, it could be very. And a very quick look at the weather forecast is for, the, for about four days of rain between now and Sunday. <laughs> oh, how fun! Oh yeah, it's just get, it's going to be great, isn't it? But you know, I think so Perth had a dodgy field last because of concerts as well. So it's not not just Brisbane, despite what everyone wants to think. That's right. Twenty six and uh, potentially rain for oh. Sunday. Oh. So cool. Poncho. That may also affect fan camps, by the way. Yeah. If it's pouring with rain, I'm not standing out of the Wally Lewis statue. I'm getting out of there. But um, there was one other point I was going to actually make about this, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Bitchin' time? Or... Uh, there was one more thing about the setup, but... The way the team's going to play, or what? Ah, forget it. It clearly wasn't that important. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the predictions then for the game on Sunday evening. And let's start with Adam. I might go one all. One all? Scott, what are you saying? You stole my prediction. Of course I did. I dislike you immensely. I'm still going with it. One all. I was going to pick a 2-2 draw, but I'm actually going to you know, really go for <laughs> go it. Go 1-1. One, one. Go for it. Do it. 3-1. Brisbane. <laughs> oh. All right. But now the one thing, I did remember my point from just before. Yeah. The one thing I really do want to see from the Raw here, a few more shots on target. I want to see yeah. them try and make the, you know, uh, city defence work because I just had a quick look at the numbers they're averaging just over three shots on target per game I want to see them try and get five, six, seven in this do you game. know how that rates compared to the rest of the competition no yeah, I would imagine on... it's quite low well City have got 82 shots on target in 18 games so we've got 63 in 18 yeah so. that about sums it up you're yeah. right I think definitely that more shots based on, on that absolutely need more shots more shots generally before you get them on target. Force a few saves and just see what that can bring. Yeah. And who knows? Good shot might even force a corner that ends that uh, lack of scoring off the corner. 500 and something, whatever it is. Oh. It was 250, 250 for the Newcastle game. So yeah. Anyway, I think that's about it for yeah. this episode of the Brisbane Football Review. What do you guys say? Yep, good. Adam, have a good time on your holiday. You're going to be away for yeah. the next three weeks. I will be, yeah. So, so we'll be stitching you up in the prediction. <laughs> I'm sure Write those in now. 8-5, 17-2. <laughs> Yeah, 34, no. 28. Yep, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, no, looking forward to a holiday. But uh, yeah, it'll be, should be uh, interesting. It'll be very interesting. I'll be very interested to see what happens actually when I do return in, at the end of February. Well, the good news is with the way the A League's unfolding, there will be absolutely no news stories coming up, Nothing. right? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, um, it's irrelevant to this show, but hopefully, New England Patriots win the Super Bowl on Monday. Not that I have any rooting interest, other than the fact that you won't turn up if they don't win. I'll have to turn up. We record in my house. Yeah, yeah well, it'll be cancelled. That's the problem. I'll just be sitting in the corner sucking yeah. on my thumb for the whole exactly. time. <laughs> All right. So best of luck to the Raw W League side. Hope they can bring home the first of uh, what we hope are two trophies this season. Go Patriots in the Super Bowl once again. 
Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And go Raw in the A-League as well. Of course. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Go enjoy the football this weekend. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. We'll talk to you later.